If you've not yet listened to part one of Abducted, this episode won't make much sense. I strongly advise that you go back and listen to that first. In the last episode, we learned that Zahra's 12-year-old son was abducted by a 27-year-old distant relative because the son was talking to his sister, and we heard the details of the gruesome kidnapping and torture that the son went through. In this episode, we will find out what happened next. But before we begin, you should know that for legal reasons, we cannot disclose the details of the court proceedings. This story is told through Zahra's personal experiences as she recalls it. We might also omit some details to protect the minors involved in this story. With all that being said, my name is Abdullah Al-Ma'wali and welcome to True Story Time. Um, so, um, I don't know where to start. So it started. Um, so we entered and. This is the worst and the dumbest thing I've ever decided to do. I don't know, I mean. And that was kind of like the hammer on the nail. I feel it, I feel it. <laughs> These two brothers, they were in love, they got married through love story, they allowed themselves to go in a long relationship with their wives now, before that. So how come you allow yourself while you are an adult? And if you believe this is something wrong and it's a sin and it's not supposed to have mm-hmm. happen and it's aib and it's, I don't know, you know, taqalid and stuff like, why do you allow it to yourself? And not to my my son, who's just a child at an age where he needs to explore things. He wants to try everything. You know, they want to know what is love, what is this. So where do you think this comes from then, this rage that he had? Where do you think that stems from, if he's not religious himself? He's not. <laughs> he's mm-hmm. not definitely. He's not. I have, no, I have no clue. I have no clue. Because um, they're three brothers and they all do the same they all went through the same in relationships in love and got married that way and i don't understand when it when it came to their sister it became a disaster but but still i come to a point where you cannot apply justice in in a country where we do have law and justice and you can't you have a problem go raise a case and we'll sort it out what happened to this guy he was at the police station, and then what? He was kept there for two months, almost more than two months, in fact, under investigation. And it's amazing if I tell you this. They accused my son of uh, raping their sister. What? Yeah. So then my son was kept in jail as well, just as a revenge. I told you, these people are high rank people. They could play with papers, you know? So they, they accused my son suddenly that he raped his sister. Like, that doesn't go in anybody's... That, I mean, it's not... I mean, use your common sense. He's a child. You know, what is a child? Yeah. How can a child rape a girl? He doesn't know what is it. He doesn't know what is it. Even when I told him that you are accused of raping the girl and you have to go to jail, that was the hardest moment ever for me to send him there. I was crying like a baby, like, please let me stay with my son. And my son was so scared that I could see his face and he, he just held my hand and he said, don't hug me in front of these men, but please get me out of here. I don't want to stay here. 
that was a moment where I started crying and they said Halas you have to leave we're taking the son he was coughed a child coughed carried in a police car it's like he killed someone he's just a child he doesn't know what's going on so I was following them with my car until they sent him to Muscat where the children are jailed there yeah even I'll tell you something even the case when it went to uh, the Royal Police Hospital and the 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 doctor who handled the case she rejected to reveal the file she said I am not going to reveal this case the file no reports I'm going to show that boy has to yeah and you have to bring him up from the jail because a boy of 12 year old cannot perform any intercourse no way the son stayed in jail for one night, but by the next day, the case was dismissed and he was immediately released. But that wasn't the end of it. After that case was dismissed, they raised another case accusing the son of sexual harassment. So I went to the Ida'a, okay, and my son, I was sitting with my son, and he was given papers to sign. It's like bulk of papers. He keeps on flipping. And signing flipping and signing as a mother I have the right to see what he's signing so I told that lady I said excuse me I have the right to see what he's signing I'm not gonna stop him to sign but I need to witness he said you are his mother anyways you're gonna be on his side uh, I said no if my son has done something wrong he has to get punished I need to see what he's signing don't put us in trouble as it is we're already in trouble Zahra saw that he was signing transcripts of conversations between him and the girl. And it doesn't make sense that my son was chatting to her and there were no response back. So I looked at the, after signing, my son, after he signed all the papers, I was going through and I asked her, like, logically, let's talk logic. Forget that we are here. If I text a man, hi. I like you. How are you? The first day. After one hour, I'll text him. Hey, are you free? After three hours, there is a conversation was going on. Yeah, I went to school. Yeah, you know, he told me. Yeah, you know. Was, am I not to talk to myself with no response? She was like, no, this is what I got. I said, okay, fine. She said, and we need, apparently the girl has submit, submitted her phone because they wanted to see the conversation. So they deleted all the girls her side her side of yeah and they kept only my son so i said uh do you think my son is that crazy he will keep on doing this for six months why should he talk to her six months continuous even three o'clock in the morning they keep on talking for six months and she's not responding does that make sense he's talking to himself she was like anyways i said uh okay so how about I bring you my son's phone? And I'm not gonna print out anything I want you to print out. So she was like, you definitely know that he was talking to the girl? I said, listen, after this accident happened, of course I went and I checked his phone and I saw everything. And I'm telling you, if you delete a line, I will know. So at that time, I, or, I was خلاص, already, I printed all this, the, the snapshots, all. I printed and I had copies for myself and copies for the lawyer. And the next day I gave them the phone and they took it 
the IT department took it for two days just to check all the accounts and everything. Within four or five days, the case was closed. It's crazy to me that now this is an, it became a case about proving your son innocent. Exactly, you see? While it was a kidnap case. <laughs> so what happened with the kidnap? He was case? he was still in he was still there. We were still on with that case. We were still on running after that case because we thought like of course justice has to be done. Absolutely. And as far as we came to read though the white law book that He's supposed to be sent to jail minimum of seven years. That's minimum. But we don't know how it happened. Where did we miss? How did they play this? I don't know. But the guy got only three months in jail and he had to pay fine for the government. I have to interject here and say that we cannot reveal the exact details of what happened in court. But I consulted with a lawyer, and it is our understanding that the verdict was in accordance with the law. Of course, it's more complex than that, but as far as I can tell, whether you agree with the verdict or not, there was no clear sign of foul play. Did you or you or his dad try to pursue it any further? No. Actually, I wanted, but I think the father... He did not encourage me. Yeah. He just thought, like, halas, we're just affecting the child. It was true because at that time he was so traumatized. He had to go for psych- psychiatric sessions all the time. He he could not sleep. He was aggressive at school. He was not doing good in grades. He was, he was just acting weird. So he can walk around with knives anywhere, everywhere. And, and I guess if anybody of us had pistols at home, he would carry that as well. But he was carrying knives. He buy Whenever I just take the knives from him without him knowing, he would go and buy. And he would go take from his friends the knives and he... And just keep it with he him. He keeps it because he feels insecure. And since then, all what he watches is documentaries and series about jails and criminals. That's it. That's it. How long did it take him to recover from his physical wounds? Um, it was quick. I was able to hide that before he'd, you know, the, the traditional wow. method. Yeah, yeah. I was, it was amazing, especially his face. Yeah. How long did it take him to recover from his mental wounds? I'm not sure about his mental uh, uh Effect, yeah. I don't know if he he's over it or no, because because whatever he whatever he says, whatever he talks about, whatever he do, I know he still th- he it, it indicates that it's still there. It affects him, and he's worried, and he's not he's uh, insecure. He do, he doesn't want to go to his dad anymore because I think he feels it's not safe for him to be there again. Um, I don't think he's over it, but he's just a child and he doesn't express his feeling. Mm. Or, But he, he, me as a mother, knowing my son, I know that he's affected still. And that affects me every day. Because now he's at a stage where he has to decide what he wants to do later. And he asks me always, like, Mom, what if I want to be a judge? What am I supposed to be? And I go like, why do you want to be a judge in Oman? And then he goes like, 
I think I should be a judge. Maybe I'll make a difference. Okay, I need to be an investigator. How can I be an investigator? That hurts me when we do this conversation because I know he can't forget what happened. I myself, I look at him every night and sometimes I cry. It hurts me. I wasn't there and he doesn't want to speak about it and he doesn't he did not drop a tear until now even when he used to go for the sessions psychiatric sessions he never spoke and she also asked him like okay can you do me can you just write down your fears or whatever you're thinking and he never wrote mm. and when i talked to him about it he goes like i don't want to say anything about it let it be mama let it be and he calms me down when I when I cry about it like I'm sorry for what happened sometimes I just can't hold it anymore and he you won't imagine how sweet he is he hugs me and he goes like mama forget it خلاص. it's over but I know no looking at his eyes no we're not quite sure what happened to the girl you just heard that she they wanted was beaten yeah. and tortured at home that's it but uh and you have not seen her in family gatherings I've seen her or... recently mm-hmm. recently seen her in a wedding mm-hmm. she's fine she's mm-hmm. grown of course how do you feel towards her i hate her the little girl yeah i hate her because at some point uh because uh uh when we were going through this case in the beginning when he was uh, accused of uh, raping the girl uh, there were a lot of kids in the family involved in the in the they had a group so they were all in that same group chatting group and some of them are my son's cousins first cousins and i asked one of the boys who i knew and he's in that group mm-hmm. and i asked him like um Can you tell me what are you chatting right now in the groups? The boy told Zahra that the girl was pleading to everyone in the group to take her side. Please you be on my side like he's the one who uh, he uh, he raped me, he harasses me, he's the one. And she I, said that in the group. She said in the group, yeah. And I told him, "Okay. Now you don't know where is my son, and I will tell you my son is in jail. But I want to know from you." was he harassing her he's like no it's whenever you however you see us whenever you see us, us walking out as groups of boys it's how we are going he doesn't harass her in fact she's the one who's starting the chat she's, she's the one pursuing who's going, him. yeah pursuing him exactly so then i start for me now i hate her because whatever happened had happened and i gave her an excuse as she's a child but you asking everyone to to witness against my son why and he was the youngest one the older were above 14 15 and 16 he was the youngest one how could you put him into that mm-hmm. so now you're asking me what do i feel when i see her i hate her can i take the other side for a second and just to see what you think about this right mm. your son was tortured and that's tragic mm. but your son is in the safety of your home right yeah she we don't know what happened to her 
but she hasn't escaped. She's still in the home of the guy who has the power to hurt her and possibly kill her. While your son had an incident and now he's safe. You don't call it an incident. You as an adult, you won't handle that. Mm. You, now Abdullah, at this height, this age, you will not handle that. You will not be able to get over that kind yeah. of... Yeah, it's, so. it's, it's messed up. I wouldn't expect you to get over it either. It's, if, if, this if she's girl, living there, that it, is her problem. It's not my problem. It's, it's, no, it's not. It's theirs. Yeah. The way they believe, their mentality, the way they think, and those old myths, it's their problem. Right. But I'm not even talking about they. I'm talking about her. You're this 15-year-old girl. Mm. And you're living under the threat that your 27-year-old brother could come and possibly kill you. There's no escape. Yeah. Is there any part of you that could see how... Putting the blame on your son could justify what she did. You say you hate her, right? Yeah. And, but I'm also thinking her life is in constant danger. I wouldn't forget those seven days that we, we don't sleep at night. I sleep in the middle where my son is on my right and my daughter, she's on my left, and they're all looking at the window. It's like somebody's coming. And they will not shut down and sleep until the sun rays up. I used to hold my son at night. His breath, as if he's running, you know, like, and his heart, I could hear because I'm hurt. I'm hugging him and I could hear the heart and I'm trying to, you know, read Quran on his head, like, okay, just maybe he will come down. And he was not, he had his eyes wide open, looking at me, looking at the window, like, when is it gonna be over this night? He was that scared. And to me, I can't get over that. You will not imagine, it took me like six months. I drive back from work every day, and it's always afternoon, and I will have to pull the car at the side of the road. I will cry not only just tears, I will be screaming because I just can't imagine, because I can't, I can't imagine the picture of my son what he was feeling he could not call my name he could not he could not ask me to help him. he was scared he could not say anything he never said anything i can't forgive her and i can't love her and i and i i don't know and i have to hate her because i can't get over it because I look at my son, I can't forget those nights. I can't forget those days whenever I drive, I have to stop. It's six months and I stop every day. When the sun is in the middle of the sky, I have to cry and scream and get down the car and hit the car and it's hot, it's burning. And I'm imagining me wearing my clothes and touching my car, it's burning. He was tied on that car and he was beaten. He was choked, he was, oh my God. I can't, I can't forgive her, not her, not her family, I can't, and I can't love them, and I can't, I'm sorry she's a, she's a child, and I'm sorry she's, she was born in that family, I'm really sorry for her, but I can't love her.
What do you hope that sharing this story would achieve? <sighs> a lot. <laughs> I hope for a lot. I hope for any justice to, to, to be any, uh, done fairly. Uh, especially when it comes to kids and women. Uh, it's about time that people should know that we need to guide. We can't force things. Uh, for example, Quran is there to guide us what to do, right? But it cannot force us. So I guide my son that these are things you're not supposed to do, you're not supposed to harm, for example, women, you're not supposed to do. I guide him, but I cannot force him. We cannot live in the past the way we were brought up. We cannot bring up our children. It has to change. They have to learn the difference from right and wrong. They have to know how to communicate with the other sex. If we, we are not supposed to lock them for the sake of deen or adat, that they're not supposed to talk to boys or boys not supposed to talk to girls, while we want them to explore the world, we want them to explore life, experience everything, we have to guide them. And people need to hear this story because you can't be a person who is wealthy, lived abroad all your lives you, you've lived in a mixture of يعني, different nationalities men and women and you're thinking backward like a Yaman Jahiliya you can't you can't you, you need you, you need to change that so I'm hoping that maybe my son's story could help and there are many many other stories that we, we don't know and I'm sure يعني, it's tragedy whatever happens in every house and people are just hiding these stories and no protection for them you know after we aired part one Zahra spoke to her son to tell him about it so there is a chance that he might listen to this at some point and there's also a chance that the girl might eventually listen to this so I have a personal message for the both of you if you're listening this was not your fault. We may not have the full picture of exactly what happened, but I know that no one in their right mind blames you for this. This whole story is about the actions of a grown man and the continuing pain it's causing to a mother till today. But if either of you feel like you're in any form of danger whatsoever, call someone you trust and tell them. And if you don't have someone you can talk to, call 1100 which is the Child Protection Hotline for the Ministry of Social Development in Oman. That's 1100. Special thanks to Fatma Mikki for her legal counseling on this episode. If you'd like to stay up to date with all things True Story Tent, you may find us on Instagram and Twitter at True Story Tent. My name is Abdullah Al-Ma'wali, and thank you all for listening.